Hi there. Hi, Demetra. How are you doing? Hi, Maris. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, Thank you for having me here. Uh, nice to have you, man. How's Corona affecting you? Uh, you know, it's just the shitty old beer. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, you miss go, going just, out or something? Just kind of just crazy being cooked up in here all the time. Really? Yeah. So it's getting to me a little bit. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. like for, the, for my past few years, I've been getting myself well. Not for the few for a few years. Uh, like before, I went uh, came to uni. I've been like working on myself to try to not be as closed up and uh, actually enjoy going out and enjoy doing things outside my room. If that makes sense. And now it's kind of biting me in the back. <laughs> mm, yeah, I was gonna ask that because because you know I'm I'm more of a person who just likes to sit sit at home, and yeah. I didn't feel that much of an impact, but. Especially when you had the the society. Uh, tell me more about that. Like a president. Of... Oh yeah. Well, um, just before that, I stepped down as president, um, but I was still chilling around and seeing what's going on. Uh, basically, uh, the only problem that we need to resolve now is the AGM, mm -hmm. uh, which I actually should probably ask them about this again because I'm not sure I've seen anything. Uh, as in the current administration of uh, the society. Okay. Um, but yeah, it seems like we're just going to be having like uh, an online AGM like everyone else um, and make sure that uh, people send in their submissions so we can actually get a, a committee for next year. Oh, for those of you that don't know, AGM is annual general meeting where we um, uh, decide on the next committee, well, the committee for next year. And I assume you, you have to have a committee because otherwise there's no society. Yeah. Um, something like that. If you do not have the uh, at least four members of committee, which have uh, specific roles, uh, the committee cannot be reaffiliated with DUSA. So you have to have it. And you also have to have um, minutes of AGMs, meaning a, almost a transcribed version of the uh, AGM meeting uh, every year. Uh, if you do not get, <clears throat> if you don't hand in the minutes, then it will be, um, uh, then your society technically is not official, if that oh. makes sense. Yeah. I've actually had this problem last time because the previous secretary, which is the person that takes the minutes, mm -hmm. um, has gone AFK for the whole summer and I could not get the minutes off of her. Um, so we actually had to emergency, uh, all gather together at the beginning of the second, no, uh, sorry, third year. Uh, and create, well, recreate the AGM again and get another set of minutes and then submit that. <laughs> so that was a bit of a wacky deal. Uh, it's just all these legalities and stuff. Yeah, basically. Which makes sense. They're there for a reason. To control you? <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, you know, bureaucracy. <laughs> I guess we can talk it, it, more. It looks, it looks in, uh, bureaucracy looks like it's a bad thing, but it was made for a reason because otherwise you can't really have big structures working nicely together. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just, just by the word of it, by people like saying, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll do exactly. That. I guess we can talk about control a bit more because uh, you're one of the Linux enthusiasts in, in our in our friend group, I guess. You could say um, that, yes. <laughs> Linux evangelists. <laughs> yeah, one of the main persons who, who are uh, rooting for everything open source and stuff. Um, yeah, I well, guess, one of them. Yeah, I guess you could uh, want to talk a bit about what it is like at all like what what's what's open source software and what's free software because despite for example free open source software being free it's not like free financially like for example not necessarily not necessarily but yeah so it's not necessarily free financially and so what does the word free mean then well in this case uh to quote um 
uh, Stallman, Richard Stallman, mm-hmm. uh, free as in freedom, okay. not as in um, price. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not as in gratis, as he says. Um, and it's basically the freedom to do what you want with the code base rather than because let's say you download a piece of software and the software is free as in it's gratis um, this doesn't necessarily mean that you can do what you want with it um, for example uh, the, each piece of software that you download might might come with a, a eula agreement a end user agreement that mm-hmm. uh, uh, says do not hack the software or whatever other uh, restrictions, right? Yeah. Um, it could even be things such as um, if you're a business, you need to pay. But if you're an individual, it can be free, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so many, many pieces of software did the same thing. Uh, so basically, uh, it, it means that you, this agreement doesn't really exist. Uh, so you can take that code base and do what you want with it. Uh, and then outside that realm, uh, there is not outside, but within the same realm, uh, there's different segregations uh, between different, um, uh, I'm not even sure what you'd call them, different um, types of free and open source. So, for example, we have uh, the GPL, yeah, so different licensing. So we have uh, the GPL licensing, we have, um, I'm not even sure what the Linux one is anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's escaping my mind right now. Um, Those, uh, where is it? The MIT license? No, it's not. It's the GPL3 license, isn't it? Or is yeah, it- yeah, no, sorry, it is. So Linux is on GPL2, and then, yeah, GPLv2, uh, and then there's GPLv3 as well, and there's actually quite a bit of controversy between the two. But to put it in a nutshell, they're basically a set of rules, mm-hmm. and the set of rules uh, basically say what you can and cannot do with this software, meaning that, uh, so, so in this case, uh, the GPL in general uh, says things along the lines of, right, take and do what you want to the software, um, but you do not need to, you're, you're not really help, held responsible. So you can't really help, hold anyone responsible uh, about the software. So if the software doesn't work, you can't go and sue someone. Mm, uh, okay. However, if you decide to take the software and modify it, let's say um, you're a company and needs to do one very specific thing, you can take the software, patch it, as in update it so it has all of the features that you need. But then you need to take that code and push it back upstream, meaning you have to push it back to whatever uh, organization, company, individual is that made the software um, first off, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's sort of if you developed some sort of a calculator, then someone decided to add functionality, they would sort of have to give you back the, the contributions. Is that yeah. correct? Either that uh, or, uh, yeah, either that or fork the project, um, meaning you have to take the project, literally copy that code base into your own code base, and then have it be a different project, if that makes sense. Mm, okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, I could technically t- uh, fork Linux and then call it... Uh, Matrix, <laughs> I don't yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then do what I want of it. And so, it, so the application is free for you because you basically have the source code. So yes, uh, you, however, you can compile it, it yourself, basically. Yeah, however, it doesn't necessarily need to be free. It is in free from uh, free money mm-hmm. uh, because many times you will need some sort of a support for this. I guess you could even look at it in terms of um, oh, you're providing your users with support because you're compiling. The application yourself and then distributing the binaries yeah i guess that could be seen as a form of support so then if you want the form of support you could possibly charge them for that mm. uh, although usually that's not happen but usually a form of support would be right i'm making um this free and open source content management system like um 
uh, Ghost or like um, Nextcloud or something like that, and I'm distributing for free. But then if you're, let's say, a company and needs uh, to have an expert somewhere that knows a lot about this software, or this could even be an individual, doesn't need to be a company, but let's say a company needs... Uh, wants to be wants to use this piece of software and needs an expert to know what the software is doing, um, or to be able to troubleshoot problems. Um, they have a, they could go to the company that made the product and request support and be billed monthly, annually, uh, once or however uh, however the uh, uh, support item works on their end. Yeah, it's usually the enterprise that are going yeah. for for the one. One good example for this is actually Red Hat. Red Hat. Uh, so Red Hat Linux, um, it's the very popular distribution of Linux, and many times you'll and same with Ubuntu as in uh, Canonical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company will go to them and be like, right, we'll download your uh, OS for free. However, we need an expert to be able to help us with it. So mm. they will just pay for it as well. So they're, they're rather than paying for the software directly, they're paying for the expert helping them out if that makes sense yeah yeah. so not the code base itself no i have used uh, red hat linux once i think but it was only for a matlab exam uh and i I don't know Hmm, that's odd probably doesn't change uh, these distributions do they do they differ much from each other Uh, not really you can boil them down a lot uh, and one way you can boil them down is by looking at Arch, because if you know anything about Arch Linux, is that the whole point of it is so you can download and configure each package that goes on your system. So the way to install it is that you literally boot up from the USB drive into a terminal, then you um, mount all the drives inside the computer and you start installing all the necessary uh, stuff like uh, Grub that boots up your OS, SystemD that uh, bootstraps everything in your OS, uh, or other pieces of software that are core to the system for it to work. Then from there, you can start installing other components that uh, might be useful. And then you can configure them and do what you want with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you basically take that component away, you can basically look at the difference between distributions as being just the difference between packaging systems. Uh, so um, your Red Hat uh, distributions like Fedora or CentOS will use... Actually, wait, am I mixing them up? I might be mixing them up. But something like Fedora, they will use um, YAM, I think it's called. I'm not too sure. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. So this is their package manager. And then uh, <clears throat> Debian systems will have apt-get. Um, Arch-based systems will have Pac-Man, so on and so forth. Um, so it, that's basically what it boils down to. Um, so, for example, I use primarily Manjaro, which is based on uh, based on Arch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why I use that is because of the packaging system. Uh, and the reason uh, the reason why the packaging system is superior in Arch is because the one you have uh, basically just a couple of repositories in terms of um, you have the core stuff that you that you just get from the actual distribution itself. Uh, which has all your base uh, stuff, all your base um, packages, and then yeah. you have what they call the community uh, repository as well. And the community repository is truly a treasure trove because it's managed by the community and not the actual uh, project itself. Uh, and the reason why this is amazing is because you anyone well basically anyone can add packages there. 
So you'll end up having the latest updates to packages um, and the most amount of packages on that system. Whereas if you compare it to something like Debian with apt-get, um, you can add your own repository and host your own repository, but then you need to add an extra repository. So then as a user, let's say you've used uh, an Ubuntu system for half a year or a year, you can end up having like 20, 30 repositories that uh, you just either forgot to delete or actually need all of them. Uh, so that can be quite cluttering. And many of the many, many times some of those repositories will either go offline or be inaccessible or uh, maintenance will stop or whatever. Yeah. I was also going to ask a quick thing about uh, just coming back to selling stuff. Um, selling? Yeah. Uh, for example, I open up Spotify and uh, it is a paid service. Well, basically, you know, their app. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that, you know, the subscription service and paying for songs is yeah, yeah. you pay because of the content that they provide and not uh, the, the application the amount of content, yeah. yeah, or or not the application itself. But usually these software, like you go to their settings, I click on this third party software, and then they provide a huge list of, of open source uh, yeah. files and, and, and code bases or, you know, however you actually call them. Uh, yeah, so that's actually another, um, another clause in the GPL licenses. And if so basically what it means is that if you, let's say you make some sort of a library in, let's say, JavaScript, because that's what Spotify uses. Mm -hmm. uh, if you make some sort of a library that, uh, let's say, makes it more efficient to do API requests and then you license it under GPL, the uh, different companies or other applications that will end up using it. So let's say I made this library. Now you as a company, you go to make, um, I don't know, X piece of software, which uses my library. Yeah. Because my, my library is under the GPL code base, you need to go and reference it down and give it credits. Mm. Um, a very good example that I can give you of this is if you go into your router's uh, admin page, so most routers will have um, some sort of administration page where you yeah, can log yeah. in as an admin and do port forwarding and find out who's on your network, that kind of stuff. Um, if you find out the about page in your router, you will actually see the Linux um, operating system there. And the reason that is because Linux is just amazing when it comes to networking and uh, very lightweight, which is because routers are basically just computers, but very, very, uh, well, not powerful at all. Oh. Uh, so they basically just take really bad CPUs, put Linux on them, uh, put a few, put some custom software and some uh, tables for routing, and they basically, ha and you have a router. Yeah, I have a coil so wine a in mine, example. actually. I don't know if it's called a coil wine, but... Uh, Where it buzzes? Yeah. The, and Most like a coil wine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this starts happening once you start downloading something. So if, if there's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... The, and That's coil one. Because my router is close, I could hear him just, like, ramping up. I, I, have, a, so. I have a similar problem with my laptop. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, like, if my laptop's... Uh, starts uh, being uh, starts running like quite heavy, like quite a heavy load or something like that. You'll definitely uh, hear the coil whine because the coil whine is not just something that's either on or off. Sometimes it can be very subjective. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes uh, you'll get coil whine when the system is being stressed too much 
or sometimes you'll just get it because it's the system is on. I have the same problem in my monitor and just on 24-7, but luckily I have headphones. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that happen in my uh, sister's uh, mechanical keyboard, I think. Mechanical keyboard? Yeah, it's what, but it's a bit, it's probably a bit different, but it's uh, it's with the lighting, uh, lights controller. So, oh, okay, that makes sense because yeah. that actually does consume power. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, well, it's not Linux, you know, it's it's not an operating system, but... Light, lighting is bloat, man. <laughs> RGB is bloat. <laughs> Everything is bloat. What about freedom, though? Excessive. Um, isn't... Yeah, man, that's bloat. It's too much that we can do. <laughs> no, but isn't isn't trying to free yourself in every single category a bit too excessive? Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is that we can actually look at the Bible here. And I know this is a weird way to go, but bear with me for a no, second. No, yeah, people quote that book, I mean, um, you know. And I mean that in a met- in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. So, like, when Adam and Eve, they were in the, in, in the Garden of Eden, Eden, they were in the paradise, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they wanted to get more freedom. And getting more freedom, that meant biting the apple. Mm. So there, so since then, they were responsible of uh, their own mortality and freedom, if that makes sense. Yeah. And same thing here. Uh, now, freedom, freedom means that basically people can do things that suck, right? You can be um, a dictator and then not give your people any freedom. And have your people do only the absolute best things for humanity, uh, which c- could be good, although not realistic, because no dictator would ever do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then the moment you are to give your people freedom, they would start smoking, drinking, oh, yeah, yeah. cheating on each other, killing, raping, whatever bad things, because people are bad. Yeah, I've heard And this. not just that, but also means making your own um, having the freedom to make your own mistakes as well. Yes, I've heard this uh, this interesting thing about uh, creativity, and uh, it was in uh, just recently said. Uh, I think even on Joe Rogan's podcast with some expert. Bro Jogan. Bro Jogan. <laughs> uh, so he mentioned something about how China. Well, we're literally China. just throwing it out there, yeah, China. <laughs> um, but not necessarily. It's just the regi- uh, regime is oppressive so that's why people are not really generating new ideas you know how um, oh yeah Yeah. i've I've noticed that what sort of they can force you to generate ideas but you're not gonna like they can tell you you know you can't have been be forced to generate ideas because it doesn't make sense if you because usually the people are going to be in power they're not going to be someone that's uh, people that are very creative so when you put people that are not creative in power and then you you can't just expect them to go to someone else and be like yo be creative because that's not how it's going to work because yeah, you need but, to... but the thing is that the person will say that it's like yo i need the best engineers i need the best this create me the new world uh-huh, miracle, but this is what know? is 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 an engineer uh creative because this is a bit of a different so m- mm. my point is that um in an authoritarian system in order for it to be semi-successful like china is mm-hmm. uh, you need to be able to define specific parameters for each person's um actions and you cannot define specific parameters for creativity okay if th- that's what i'm saying so if you look at ussr the reason like the moment the ussr fell down what what did the west find out the west basically found out that they were like 50 years back mm, okay so yeah, as um, much as they were lying about everything but yeah 50 years back in technology and culture and everything mm. else okay uh in fact the only thing that they were really able to advanced with was nuclear technology uh going to the moon so space travel uh and uh army uh, army technology Uh, but uh, even near the end that wasn't really advancing very much if you look at everything else that wasn't really a thing like 
Um, okay, uh, another uh, well, another example in the same sort of realm is the internet. How, how creative did you need to be in order to create the internet mm. to create this vast web of networks? Mm-hmm. And and how look where it was uh, um, created. You know, like it was created in America in a country yeah. that was known for its freedom. Now that's a debate whether the extent that they had freedom, but uh, it's still relatively free compared to what USSR was at the time. You know. Yeah. So someone so someone saw that. Oh wait, hold on a second. There's a problem with the current communication system. It can literally just be taken down overnight with one blast, right? And then someone had the creativity to go and fix it. Whereas in a state where literally condemnates creativity, you cannot really spawn that, if that makes sense. So the only way to make things, the only way to progress humanity forward is to define specific parameters for the progression, which is almost impossible because you do need to be a bit creative if you're working on the bleeding edge of technology. Yeah, I guess that's how the the freedom starts to come in here. And uh, the, the freedom that they have in the U.S., um, I'm looking at uh, at a table of the most patent grants uh, in 2018. That's mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just like since uh, 2009 or so. So it's like in in a time frame. Um, the U.S. is actually in the second place. But, second place of what again? Sorry. Uh, patent grants. You know, patents as in like you just creating patents. Yeah. Yeah, you created something. So I assume that you know creating a patent usually means that you have well innovated at least something you know so looking at the numbers china is actually in the first place but yeah but that's because china is uh just granting it to everyone that and then there's so many people and then now think four hundred thirty thousand patents that's what china has the united states on the other hand has three hundred seven thousand so it's like it's not that that far back but it's not, but the thing about that is that um, it's the mis like the misinformation. Because yeah, sure, maybe they do have the four hundred thousand pattern patterns, mm, yeah. but that doesn't mean that they actually have that many in terms of. I mean, no, they would. But my point is that they could easily like those pat like you you go to USA and then you want to pattern the invention of the phone. You won't be able to do that because already some someone else already has that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Even if that someone else would have the pattern in a different country, mm-hmm. because different countries in the West would collaborate together and be like yo let's not infringe on each other's patents however in china you can get away with that if you're in china you can go and patent that as long as no one else in china has that pattern really? which is why you yeah which is why you can get away with so much intel which is why china can get away uh with so much intellectual theft because you know china is known for creating all of the fakes in the world yeah gotta admit that yeah yeah that's that's an interesting view yeah but uh but that means that U.S. has uh, way like higher quality patents. And, yeah, uh, basically. And also, you could look at it actually in another way. So take all of the um, Western countries in the world, mm-hmm. sum them up, sum their pa- patents up, and then compare it to China. That would be a better way of looking at it. Although still not very good way, because again, um, in the West, we don't really infringe on each other's patents because countries would be like, yo, let's not do that. Right. Yeah, or... Yeah. Or if they do grant patents, they at least one person from one country can go and sue another person from another country or something along those lines. I'm not a lawyer. Don't don't quote me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's somewhere along those lines. So they have a good relation. The, the different countries would have a good relation on this. Um, whereas in China, they just won't care. They will steal the patents from US and UK and Canada and insert ex Western country and just produce it themselves. Yeah, it's quite quite an interesting one. Yeah. And for all we know, it could also be 
the fact that um, one, they have a ton of people there. Like, what is it? 1.6 billion, 2 billion, oh, something that's, like that? Yeah, that's just a lot of them in there, yeah. Let's, let's have a look. Chinese population 2020. Oh, wait. They reached 1 billion a long time ago. That was in 82. Wait, really? Um, yeah, that was 1 billion. I didn't realize it this far back. Ooh, so their current population is hey, 1.3 billion. Yeah, well, not, yeah, not even nuts. current. That's three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so. current probably lower, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, honestly, I don't know where, where this all is heading um, with all this freedom. So we are seeing this example about how empowering people and giving their uh, freedom freedoms while well, talking about any sort of freedom maybe just quoting the first amendment first of all it's just like to have the freedom of press have a freedom of speech uh, religion you know expressions stuff like that but people really don't trust the government in these states that's no they don't yeah and that's for the best to be honest you shouldn't you shouldn't be trusting of your government because the moment you're trusting there'll be someone that gets elected for a democratic process or for a non-democratic process like we have sometimes in eastern europe mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, he will come in there and uh, do, and take advantage of that trust okay yeah. because right now like everyone's trusting the gov- their governments uh, with what they're doing when it comes to corona and i'm not necessarily saying that what they're doing is good or bad in fact i'm not saying that at all maybe it is good maybe it is bad but just this blind trust without possibly critiquing some of um all of the world's government's movements when it comes to dealing with this is it's a bit too dubious because then they can just take advantage of it mm-hmm. in fact if i'm not mistaken uh someone during george bush's administration said uh, oh, never let uh, a tragedy go to waste, meaning take advantage of every tra- tragedy to gain more and more control. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Like, um, for example, after uh, 9-11, they passed the um, Patriot Act. That's what it's called, uh, which basically is the act that lets all of these um, state agencies basically spy on, basically perform warrantless spying on their citizens. Or the, the correct phrase would be warrantless mass surveillance. And they do that. And we have the Snowden leaks to prove that and more than that. Um, in UK, we have something similar. I believe it's just called the Terrorist Act or something like that. Uh, and it's been put in through after... Um, I, I'm kind of not, uh, not very sure of uh, the circumstances here, but I believe uh, this Terrorist Act was put in place after a bunch of um, IRA uh, attacks in uh, England. But uh, but don't quote me on that. I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah. but so, so yeah, it like means something saw, happens, some tragedy... Yeah. Uh, something that people are afraid of and then the government says that yeah. we're going to help so you. So people are afraid of something, we're yeah, we're going to help you mm-hmm. to give us your things. rights. Yeah. Oh, so the, the surveillance and all this, uh, coming back to this Cambridge Analytica scandal, what was what was that about? Is there any... Oh, Cambridge Analytica was just simply to do with um, Facebook giving uh, API access to different developers. So Cambridge Analytica scandal was basically Facebook saying, right, we have all of this database and we just created an API endpoint for all of you to be able to use it. Feel free. Mm, wow. That's basically what it was, but I'm generalizing it heavily. Yeah, yeah. But the, so is it uh, piggybacking on the thing that allows, you know, the Patriot Act or is it not? Is it just, oh no, because that's not the government surveilling you. No, it, it's not. It's just 
private enterprise surveilling. Uh, however, they are heavily embedded with the government since the government isn't doing that much about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you better ask that if the government uh, wants to spy on someone and they see that they have a Facebook history, they'll go to Facebook and ask for their history. And I'm 99% sure that Facebook will just say yes to anything because they have nothing to lose. Oh, yeah. The only thing that they would have to lose is uh, reput uh, reputation from the public. But I don't think they really care about that that much because they already own the public. They own the monopoly. Oh, God, yeah. There's like two of the internet's most reputable um, social medias, not reputable, popular, Instagram and uh, Facebook, own, both owned by uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, both the same. Like, hmm, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, that's, hmm, that's interesting. Kind of makes you wonder there a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, guy's a pioneer. He knows how to... How to connect people, I guess. <laughs> Do you still the same idea as my, uh, MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> well, he accomplished it. Um, so, right, wait, I had a train of thought about, so do you think that they like ex go and implement these features and who is implementing them? Well, there has to be a developer at the very end of the chain sitting there and just writing the code, which, you know... The code spying people, yeah. yeah. I mean... Someone has to be sitting there and literally, you know, coding... Yeah, uh... Coding that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, I mean, why wouldn't they? <laughs> you're getting paid to do a job, you're doing a job. However, there's also ways to obfuscate that. And we know some of these ways from... Google's Project Dragonfly, if you ever heard about that. Actually not. What is that? Um, Project Dragonfly was basically Google's project um, to basically collaborate with China on their own search, um, their own spying apparatus. So basically, China just contracted Google to help them out with something, right? Ooh. Um, and then Google called that project Project Dragonfly. At least it's known as Project Dragonfly. Okay. Uh, and if you if you search for it, you should find like a lot of articles of people getting pissed off and like developers not like literally protesting and all of that stuff. Um, but basically, what they were doing is that they would have not even proper teams, but they would take the developers and they would give them specific assignments of code. And then you develop that code, and you do not know what's it for. You do not know what it does. You just develop, and that's it. Wow. So yeah, yeah, it would you're be even this machine, which you don't. You so sometimes you don't even understand what what features you're doing. Yeah, basically. Wow. You, you know, you know what you're doing in terms of bits, in terms of ones and zeros, but you don't know what you're doing in terms of overall because these projects can be so big like these projects can be so enormously huge mm -hmm. that you do not know what you're doing yeah like you could be making an authentication api right yeah but what are you making an authentication api for you have no idea mm. or you're searching for a database but what what exactly for you don't know uh, i've heard something like that but on a on a smaller scale so these companies uh post an ad online for you know looking for employees and they sort of offer a good salary and then they give a coding test uh -huh. to all the applicants and the coding test is massive so like three hours four hours of just you know coding and then they're like oh sorry because they don't have to disclose how many people applied blah blah so they're like oh sorry you didn't like we we got a different candidate yeah well what they actually do is they just take this, the code you wrote and and then use it? Yeah. yeah, and use it. So if if they manage it properly, if they split it into tasks, there was this uh, this one dude on YouTube who like even showed uh, like shared Josh his. Look? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, do you think yeah. he shared his I, I experience? Watch him actually. Yeah, and and it's like oh, so I go on their website, I go to the source code, 
because you know that's how browsers render it they just get mm -hmm. the, the code and i see my comments even, <laughs> yeah like even his comments and then then he emailed them so what they did was just like oh okay so they deleted the comments but they never they emailed back yeah. yeah never emailed back and it's like wow that is it's like code tests are fine but when they're more than like four hours or more than even a couple hours you should ask for compensation yeah exactly so i mean so if they're trying to to do this scam uh and and get get the code so they may as well just hire a programmer but uh, yeah. So everyone's trying to take our freedoms everywhere. They are really. I sometimes yeah, don't because it's in everyone's it. best interest to take the, our freedoms away. <laughs> Maybe you're right. See, I don't even think about it sometimes. I like use Google Calendar. I do this. I do that. Cause like it's it's easy, you know. Yeah, but it's also easy to just use your own Nextcloud deployment, which you already have set up. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. Which I also has exactly the same features. Well, <laughs> I have tried, and it's not as I don't know how do I put it, man. So that's the only thing, you know, for, for freedom. You have to be willing to do some sacrifices. You have oh, to yeah. be willing to give something up. Um, or, or of the, course, because they the make freedom. it convenient for you not to care about the freedom. Yeah. yeah. Whether that is uh, monopolizing businesses or the government. Like, the gov if you don't care about what the government's doing and you just think of like, oh, let's protect the population against this spreading virus, then, you, then it's going to be more convenient for you not to care. It's going to be more convenient for you to just sit down. Do you, do you think that uh, people are now uh, looking for help uh, from the government? So... For example, this crazy virus, this pandemic is happening around. Yeah. And who best than the government can oh, yeah. provide not, with the hand of I'm, support? To be to put it on the record, like I don't necessarily think that what they're doing is wrong. It's just it could be bad. Yeah. And in the end of the day, that's probably the best thing they can do. But it's just you see certain things here and there that really make you wonder like what the hell is actually happening. Like, for example, in Germany, uh, their minister of health, um, they basically just made the minister of health like the most powerful man in the country or woman. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so and they even um, did things such as um, taking the uh, what do you call it? The lockdown period, the quarantine period mm -hmm. yeah. uh, where everyone is at home instead of uh, having it 30 days, uh, they lengthened it to a whole year. So what? if they call, yes, uh, if they call, um, now I'm 99% sure I'm speaking about Germany, but I might be actually speaking about uh, Hungary, but I think it's Germany. Mm -hmm. I know Hungary was doing some really bad stuff as well. Uh, but for example, uh, so yeah, their period uh, of quarantine, at least they were trying to make it to be one year. I don't know if it was actually passed through. I think it was though, sadly. Uh, and this is really bad for freedoms because imagine if the virus lasts a year and then it just needs another month to pass away, uh, pass off then what do you do for the rest of uh, the uh, 11 months where you're just supposed to shut your mouth and then expect the government to take it away by them by themselves no because that's because technically if you start going in the streets and writing or whatever and saying like yo this is un unjust this is unfair then they can technically take you and put you in prison because you've just broken the law yeah let me let me give you this analogy we the government can make it the government can kill this virus overnight if they wanted to well not really but yeah, for yeah. the sake of it let's say that they can and then the way to do that would be to literally imprison each and every person and not let them do anything Hmm. Now there you go, problem solved. We, and then in this case, they also solved, solved even more problems. No more drugs, no more um, killings, no more rapes. Yeah. Look, they've solved all the problems. Hey, it's Garden of Eden again. Everyone's in prison. <laughs> yes, so they can't do anything bad, and the virus can't spread. But well, is that good? No. Yeah, exactly. So 
Quite an interesting one. If anyone's actually interested, I honestly recommend that you read or at least look at um, uh, two books. Um, 1984 by George Orwell. Everyone already knows that one. However, there's another one. Um, and I will need one second to remember. Is it by George Orwell it too? No, it's not. It's by a Russian writer. Oh. Um, and he was basically looking at how the... He was describing what happened in USSR, basically. Um, okay. Okay. Gulag's Archipelago, I think it was called. Um, hmm. Let me, I think, I've I think heard I have something it on like that, yeah. Somewhere. No, I don't, actually. Um, it's, uh, it's... Jordan Peterson was talking a lot about this book. Yeah, it's by some sort of Archipelago Gulag. An experiment in literary investigation. Yeah, the Gulag Archipelago. And it was uh, written by Alexander uh, Sholzhenitsky. Mm-hmm. Fictional. I'm not sure how to say it. novel. Okay. Fictional. Well, when did you see that? Because yeah. from what I understand, it was uh, meant to be. Yeah, it's uh, Solzhenitsyn's own experience as the Gulag prisoner. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Basically, so um, he talked about a lot. Um, he basically talked about how in the beginning he was for the part, the Communist Party in Russia, and how he was a communist himself. And then X, Y, and Z happened, and he was describing the whole regime. And he, then he described getting thrown in Gulag because of stepping on the wrong, you know, side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now I haven't actually read them myself, but I know what they're about. Uh, and from what I understand, they're really good books. Um, yeah, so and they, they basically tell you what happened sure. when you give the government too much power. Like you can look in Russia's case as right. The people revolted because the people were sick and tired of the czar, the last czar that they had, because the last czar kept going into wars and, and uh, kept starving the population. And then they revolted against them. And they had noble intentions of less redistribute the wealth so people don't starve. Now, some of them, like people are saying like, oh, no, the communists are bad because they were taking your property away. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in the real world, yes. However, if you look at it from the prospect of a, a 1910s uh, peasant in Russia that is starving of death in their farm that isn't producing anything or is producing stuff but it's being taken away by the czar mm-hmm. um, and it starts making sense because you're looking at those wealthy ass people uh, eating and drinking and whoring and whatever the else they were doing and enjoying themselves and then you're looking at yourself and your family and you're starving so and 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 they also didn't have any other examples in the history of why communism wasn't bad. So they were like, right, let's try it. And Lenin together with a bunch more people just put the regime and then all the peasantry gave them the power for it and supported them. And then what happened soon after? They were still starving anyways. <laughs> and But other than starving, they were also getting sent to gulags. Mm. They were also getting um, to be part of the uh, glorious... Um, uh, man-made famines that the USSR has had and all of this kind of stuff. But the idea, what about the idea itself? The idea itself is flawed. Flawed? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The idea is basically functioning on on a subtext of you can rearrange human nature, which you cannot. Human nature is human nature, right? Um, In fact, um, I can't remember what what it was called, but Stalin had a scientist that basically uh, created his own science. And um, the science was basically saying, right, what are human nature? They're not human nature, they're human constructs. And if they're human constructs, then you can deconstruct it and reconstruct it, creating the perfect Soviet man. In this case, they were referring to things like greed and uh, differentiation between different classes of people and hierarchies like hierarchies are natural because you have you can literally observe it in the wild right 
mm. and you can observe it in indigenous people, indigenous tribes as well. So, so they're normal things. They're not just oh, my bad capitalism created hierarchies. Uh, so in this case, they were saying like, right, let's try to take these human quote constructs, deconstruct them, and then reconstruct them again. So they're not as bad. Uh, and maybe they had good intentions to begin with, but it it was a human experiment that resulted in too many deaths, and it was proven that you cannot deconstruct human nature. Because uh, so the better way to do it is to just simply work around the inadequacies of human nature and try to implement the best system that actually accounts for them. Yeah. What is the best? But no one knows, actually. We have capitalism now. Yeah, and capitalism is the worst system in the world, apart from all of the others. That's a quote that I love. I can't remember who said it. It's the worst and apart from the others. It's the worst system in the world, apart from all the others. So, yeah. Th- there's, n- there's no good system. There's it's no good system. It's only yeah. the, le- the lesser of all the evils, really. Um, yeah, because and the reason why I've always stood behind capitalism is because, one, we have a lot of good examples of them working. One being all of the Western countries uh, and uh, even some second and third world countries. Um, and two, you can look at more specific study cases like South Korea and Japan. They went from being completely obliterated after the Second World War to actually booming and being part of the First World War. Uh, sorry, part of the First, um, world, first countries. world Countries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, the advancement in shorter than 100 years is just amazing. Is it because of uh, their their new regime? It's because people were allowed to work hard. People were free to work hard and to work for their own things. Because if you know that you can put a lot of work into something, and then at the end you'll be able to enjoy the fruits of labor that you've put in, then you're gonna you're gonna work hard. But if you know that the, uh, all the work that you're putting in is going towards a cause that is just not wanted, then you're not going to put in the hard work. Oh, yeah, you you sure. can actually see this yourself in university. If you have some BS assignment that you really cannot see the point of at all, you'll be a lot less motivated to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Or even in secondary school. Some people are like that, you know. Yeah. You just start realizing but, but, that it's sort of irrelevant, is it? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Don't care about it. And it's relevant because you're not getting to enjoy any of the fruits of labor in not terms of anywhere, talking yeah. about communism. Yeah. Because you're te- you're told to work and then the only thing, like in a, even in a normal functioning communist system, you like the things that you'll be getting back, the fruits of your labor would just be to be able to eat at the end of the day. But many times history has proven that that is, isn't even the point. Uh, isn't even the outcome. <laughs> Venezuela, for example. And then even for China, because many people say, oh, but look at China. China isn't communist, really. They're, they're communism backed, no, they're socialism backed by capitalism because all of their income is coming from a few areas, some of them being, like one of the really big ones being um, Shanghai, mm-hmm. right? And that's a capitalist zone. That's a designated capitalist zone. Like China has these designated capitalist zones and all of their wealth are coming from those zones. So, yeah. But uh, like I kept saying, capitalism works simply because it's what humanity has evolved into. At least for now. Because it's been, yes, it's been cured for hundreds and hundreds of years rather than just having a dude that has a wacky beard and is a bit crazy deciding to think of uh, think of something and then put it on the paper and then like a hundred years later have a dude take over a country and then you know but try to reenact his visions you know like maybe at some point we will have a guy that will make just overnight an ideology that is way better than anything we've seen but 
just implementing it is not the way to do it. You have to evolve into it, which is the only way we've been able to get to socialism. And then that's not really socialism that I'm talking about. It's still capitalism, but social reforms, uh, that's actually a better way to put them as, is through slowly increasing the tax like Nordic countries have been doing. Like I think they've been reaching base level of 30% tax. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get up above a certain um, tax bracket, I think you can get all the way up to 60%. Like that's fairly close to socialism, if you ask me. Oh yeah. And that's the only way we've been able to reach there. But it's still not it's it's still not the best system because what well, you're you're working your ass off your entire life to reach a tax bracket that's high enough that you won't care about money and then all of a sudden you're being taxed sixty <laughs> percent. Yeah. But the yeah. thing is you from what I've heard, you know, you you can have uh you can enjoy life in these countries, especially when you're old. Oh no, you can't like they you care can. for people. They um provide grants for example now norway i don't know there are it... definitely good things about those countries i'm not saying that they're bad to live in no no uh, no that's for sure yeah so but, so but i would rather prefer the uh, the route of more freedom yeah and like america does have its faults but at the same time it has a lot of really cool things about it um one thing i don't know maybe a final topic at this point depends on the time now yeah but uh one one thing that no one ever says uh, when they're talking about how America is dealing with uh, the current pandemic is, yeah, America is technically surpassing Italy. But what they don't understand is that in order to be able to even realize that you're surpassing Italy, you need to be really well off and you need to have a really good system in place in order to deal with the virus. So ergo, the better you're, the better you are equipped to deal with this virus, the more cases you're going to have because the more people are going to be able to test. The simple fact that they're able to test all of these people and get all of these numbers out says that they're the best country that are dealing with this um, pandemic. Maybe not the best, but at least one of the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because many people are saying like, oh, look at their numbers. They're so high. They're really bad at dealing with it. No, look yeah. at Eastern Europe. They have numbers <laughs> in tens. Eastern Europe, like Romania, I don't think, I, I don't know if they have gone above 100. But last time I checked, which wasn't long ago, they weren't even above 100. Or maybe wow. they were just hovering around 100. That's not a lot of cases. But the reason the number is there is not because of that. The reason is the number is there is because people aren't getting tested. Exactly. So, like, you, people are saying, like, oh, we need socialist reforms in America so you can deal with the virus. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't, because the tax system that you have right now is currently able to deal with it. It could be better, yes, but it's still the best that we really have around right now. Well, the system is not in its final form yet, that's for sure, but... Uh, probably it's a bit hard to, to think about that, you know, when we haven't really had a a system change, like in my lifetime. Yeah, you're right. You're um, right. I was born. The only thing we can do is look money, at history. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. You look at history, that's... but then also the history that's written. You know, it's sometimes the history skewed. is written by yeah, it's written by the vectors. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's really important to look at a lot of like the way i look at history is that right so i grew up in eastern europe obviously mm-hmm. um and i grew up with the notion of russia is bad russia equals bad and america equals good because that's what i've been russia equals bad and america plus europe equals good and that's what, what i've been told ever since i was a kid and only no long ago only a handful of years ago i started like thinking for myself a little bit which is important to do no i'm not necessarily saying that the past couple of things that i said are um are false however i started thinking for myself and i started seeing both good and bad things in all three of these in europe russia and america Mm. uh and because being able to think for myself i've been able to to reason and justify all these things like for example um 
of all those like grow up being told like, oh yeah, USSR is bad because they're tyrannical and they take your lands away. And then I came over here and I started talking to actual communists and they were telling me like, well, yeah, but that's because of some corruption here and there, but this was the case and blah, blah, and maybe we can implement it better. And because I wasn't, I was just taking it for granted that USSR was bad, I started maybe thinking that, oh, maybe communism can be good. So what I needed to do is justify why Russia was bad or USSR was bad from my own, from my own mind. And I, and I basically started looking into the whole, um, the actual reasons behind all of these uh, opinions, basically. Mm. And uh, yeah, rather than taking things at face value, understand why things are bad or why things are good. And um, I don't know, are yeah, we going you, for much you, longer? Well, uh, however you feel comfortable, I think we can... Uh, I don't mind. We can uh, chat a, b a bit about uh, the main topic more, uh, the freedoms. Yeah. And uh, to just quickly finish off the previous topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I found out for myself that's almost a rule is take the worst person they can think of, whether that's in a personal life, in your personal life, or in historic context, whether that is a dictator or a genocidal maniac or whatever he is or she. I'm not yeah. going to judge. Um, or trans, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and apply this rule to them. Try to think of a handful of things that are good about them. Mm. So sort of, uh, why would he be thinking that it's a good <laughs> That's reason, That's so. another route you can take as well, yes. But I mean, so for example, uh, right, Stalin, mm -hmm. right? Now we know why he's a bad guy, right? He killed so many people. He created a genocide and uh in ukraine and moldova and i don't mean created because of incompetence i mean actually created like man-made in order to suppress the people of Germ uh not germany the people of ukraine okay so designed right? in general sense. yeah basically designed um now this is a bit of a controversial topic uh in terms of some people disagree with this but uh either way we know he's a bad guy right yeah but some of the good things that he did was the whole space race he he was technically the first person to put uh, a man on in space mm -hmm. one example yeah and he was also a good leader he was yeah for sure we can't we can't deny that you know? a good a good leader in terms of pure skills not necessarily that he was good for the people but good for himself he was a good selfish leader um you could say he was a good dictator <laughs> yeah. he was good at dictating people around but yeah like whenever you hear someone say oh this person is bad or this person is good you you think about it okay he, they said that this person is an, is an angel is a saint i'm gonna try and find out what's bad about them because there is it's impossible that he's literally a saint or the other way around they're saying that he's literally um devil right i'm gonna try and figure out uh good things about him mm -hmm. because there's no way that uh, someone did only bad or only uh, or only good in their life yeah because otherwise first of all how did he end up there yeah there's no way that you know he he came to to some sort of like a party meeting and said i am taking over yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm taking over or like give me the power because i want to rule the world i want to kill these people i want to do this that you know there, there had to be or at least some sort of a grand strategy when he did have his personal motivations but then he was at least trying to i don't know dude most of the yeah, leaders right. do have some some good intentions maybe uh some of this false information uh yeah so so another point maybe that's false information that the person did something or something like sure yeah. there there are things that are confirmed by 
many independent sources, then you know that, yeah, so this person did kill these people because, you know, everyone says that. And When you start getting information such as person X is literally the devil and there's nothing good about him and he did all of this bad stuff, then you should start doubting that source because... Yeah, it's very biased. Yeah, it that's a very like biased it. opinion and you should like drill deeper into it. Now, this is actually the like one of the reasons why everyone's been shying away uh, from talking about, uh, you know, the big H that used to rule Germany in the Second World War. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why they shy away from him or shy away from talking about him is because, oh, no one wants to bring up this devil because it's going to radicalize more people. And I'm not here to say that's, that that's not true, but um, let's yeah. see. Even let's say let's say that even if they are true, which I doubt that. Well, I did hear this argument. Just, yes, sure. Yeah, you can't you can't dismiss this. Um, you can't dismiss them because you need to learn from them. Because if you don't, then they will rise up again. They'll be if you don't learn from your own mistakes, and if you don't point out what the mistakes were, then there will be more people like that. Yeah, I suppose that's a point too. And also, yeah. it's just a fact, you know. Um, yeah. As as long as you keep shying away, you're not gonna progress. Uh, at a because pace, in this at case, a, in this case, people, well, the allies managed to patch that uh, gaping wound, right? They managed to patch it, but they didn't. They might have not necessarily fixed it, if that makes sense. So maybe this wound wound will just reopen again. So rather than just simply patching it blindly and not um, actually treating it, then it might even make it worse. You know, don't fix the symptoms, fix the cause. And in this case, killing the big H wasn't finding the cause and, and uh, curing it was just you know curing the symptom yeah it's sort of a false because yeah if, if one if one person if one person like that came around before then there will surely be more and we need to look at the reasons why those kind of people came around yeah and we've actually have been seeing a bit of an uprise in europe from these kind of uh, far-right um, groups who are uh, supporting the, the the big H. Yeah, well, okay. not necessarily supporting him, but basically taking his ideologies. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like we started seeing that even before uh, Brexit. Wow. Uh, we started. We actually some of the um, earliest times I remember seeing it was back in 2014 when Russia started to um, uh, to when Russia started to do their invasion of um, Ukraine. And I started because uh, some of those people manifested themselves in Ukraine, fighting for Ukraine. And I've actually seen, I believe it was Vox. They were doing like a daily vlog in the actual conflict. And they were going around different militia groups that were defeating Ukraine and basically doing like daily vlogs of them. And I remember at some point they actually stopped by a group of skinheads that were obvious that they were, um, let's just say, a bit far right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it's basically like, I mean, you've always had them around because you can't kill an idea, yeah. but, uh, you've definitely, there's definitely an, a surge of them for the past few years. Oh. And yeah. as long as it's nonviolent, you know, I support free speech as, as much as it's, uh, oh, yeah, same. It's sometimes an evil because now, you know, if we start speaking openly about issues like that, some people may get offended and they, they start to, you know prosecute or whatever because oh you know uh i don't know just this i don't like the speech or something but free speech should be the basis of of all conversations and you should objectively obviously you know it's it's hard for some people because they look at certain things from the emotional yeah. point so so they, they like they get very emotional about certain things but facts don't care about emotions <laughs> 
I mean, as yeah, much as no, this sounds right. harsh, but if you try and to be objective, yeah, if you try to be and be, stay objective, especially when looking at this dark history, uh, and we already have an, uh, a podcast episode on the dark history and uh, on the China situation. And, and if you start digging deeper to learn more, I think that conversations should be encouraged about anything yeah they really should because that's, that's why we even do it here world. exactly that's that's the because otherwise and everyone's it's, and it's also important to specifically have freedom of speech and that's not necessarily freedom of from consequence it's freedom from legal consequence yeah you're not um, supposed to shout like, racial, oh, racial well, source that's not yeah not a, and a i thing mean to you do. can you, sh you should technically legally be allowed to do it. If that's right? the freedom of speech, yes. However, but that yeah. is However, an assault gonna, on Well, it's not an, it's not an assault uh, because that's subjective. When when I go on, when I go to your face and say the C word um, or the, the N word or whatever word, right? Yeah. I basically just cause offense, but offense is subjective. Mm, okay. I've taught myself out of it. I've taught my I've taught myself out of it in terms of. If someone comes to my face and gives me the c word i'm just gonna laugh like i don't care if someone tries to offend me like they need yeah, to know yeah. me on a personal level to be able to offend me yeah obviously so that's that I did myself. if they're but coming at you oh, like that they usually are emotionally uh i don't know heated so maybe they didn't like something that you did and then they you know they come at you they start like shouting or whatever and yeah and you know that they're not being objective and that they would probably after like 30 minutes or so when they call no, calm but, down um, they would even probably uh well if you're getting in an argument i mean they're probably gonna calm down and would say oh sorry i didn't i didn't even mean that you know so like yeah uh it's... like it depends on the kind of person because most of the times uh if it's just a random stranger if they do that i'm just gonna be like okay i don't care about them why, why well, should first I care of all about them? Like, first whatever. of all you don't even know if the person is uh clinically healthy or sane, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly exactly so like what i was saying is that you should have the right to say literally anything because the moment you don't is the moment you start policing yourself mm. uh, and then if you start saying things like oh you shouldn't be allowed to say the n-word and then uh you actually put a legal rule on that 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 means that there's already one example of the government infringing on someone's right uh, of freedom of speech and then they can uh, further on make it even worse and expand that lot to some other things yeah so like right okay you cannot say the n-word if you say the n-word two years in prison right mm -hmm. from there um i, I can i can uh, start to expand the law and, and make it more like right you cannot speak negatively of the black people yeah oh you spoke negative or negatively of the black people two years in prison mm -hmm. So like these kind of laws are very flexible usually. Uh, and laws in general are very flexible since why you have uh, loopholes. So then they will flex themselves out of the boundaries of it. Um, and governments will be able to like bend them back and forth in order to make you fit inside the boundaries and then throw you in prison. Uh, so this is why you need to have an absolute freedom of speech because otherwise it just doesn't fly. Yeah, and the other side thinking, of it, uh, the other side okay. of it, what's happening right now is that, oh, you cannot offend people. Well, what does offense mean? Yeah, As we just well, discussed, very subjective exactly subjective yeah see even the the, the n-word okay yeah so oh you disagreed with me you offended me go to prison oh yeah it's like what <laughs> um so this 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 n-word has been thrown around like by breathing in my presence it's you offended me go to prison <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah so for example this word is well you know technically the worst word that we know around yeah now just uh everyone's just at least in the western that, world yeah, yeah. Because back home, they don't really care about this word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I also wanted to, to bring this point. But uh, 
so if if this word wasn't censored and it would it it would be like you would you would be allowed to speak it loudly why would you even say you know it's it's the same with with the with the fruit of it's not about being able it's not about saying it's about being able to say yeah and it's not even about the word itself because i for 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 example because you should have consequences for saying certain things yes but those consequences shouldn't be legal consequences those consequences should be like oh you are just really rude to my friend i'm not gonna speak to you Mm -hmm. right yeah or uh, a consequence of saying my mind out loud could be someone else de- debating me, right? Someone else practicing the freedom of speech, saying why they think I'm wrong, and then shutting down my argument. Yeah. And then guess what? Freedom of speech also means that I can do that back to them. Yeah, that's why freedom of speech is nice. Yeah. Because you put your guns down. And that's why, like, I don't encourage violent uh, behavior, like, yeah. at all. I don't either. But yeah. the... The conversation should be your weapon. Like you should, oh, and yeah, also 100%. obviously you have to be objective and everything, and you have to consider the argument. So it doesn't. Well, no, you don't have to do anything. You just need to be able to talk like a normal person. Well, yes, but you and not should attack, and not attack people. Yeah, not attack people. But the thing is, you should consider everyone's opinions and at, at least you know entertain them a bit in your mind, and then like forget about if you if you don't like it. But ideologist, idealist can't speak. Uh, in the, from ideolo- ideologically, yeah. yes, you should do that, but practically, no one's going to do that, and yeah. only a certain amount of people will be able to even do it to an extent. Because even if you think that you can entertain weird thoughts in your head, to some level, you will still be very biased because you cannot remove bias. Mm-hmm. Well, we're striving for it. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, that's what this podcast is about. It's about trying to, <laughs> yeah. to educate ourselves first, and then maybe other people who who gets inspired by. By that to look for the truth always check your facts because uh, we every time we did an episode we we always end end with like a, a little sentence or a, a thing that sums up the episode um, mm-hmm. and we could be sort of already moving to to wrapping up this this episode yeah um so what did we get out of it freedom there should and be think freedom. for yourself think for thinking <laughs> for yourself yeah yeah that's that's think right yourself and ask right questions yeah that's a very good all one because uh first of all you have to check facts wherever it's coming from i've been to this little seminar of uh, fake news there was a dude who gave a presentation on fake news he apparently is an expert in that field <laughs> he's being hired by news sources he's getting hired by uh, historians like uh, organizations and his job is literally look for clues do loads of research check check one fact like million of uh, you know different sources just that's his his job i wouldn't want to do no. that but it was interesting to see how um there's so many weird little quirks and clues and you see i have yeah. a problem with this and i have a problem with this because how do you know that that person doesn't have their biases <laughs> everyone has their biases and with the right hand maneuvering those biases you can end up with um, a fact checker that's actually biased themselves so it's not it, like i don't think that we should be doing yeah, that we well, should have gov- that we should have uh, like organizations doing the fact checking for us i think that we should just use our own brains because people will just blindly believe whatever they see on their facebook feed 
or oh, yeah, what, you should, what you should blindly believe what they see. No, I, but you can't fact check. But you know why I'm uh, why I'm like, saying on this. the general yes on the general um, notion. I guess you could fact check. Oh, this random website says that uh, uh, God exists. Now let me go on Wikipedia. Now okay, that's okay, a bad example. But like you can generally yeah, do yeah. some very basic fact checking. But the person, however, what you he cannot. Did, he you can't because it's still very how you, how it's how you're supposed to at least try and check. So it's not as if the, they are giving you the I don't know. You know the definitive answer saying this post is fake this post is this this that it's just giving you the uh the skepticism and the criticism so so you could uh criticize certain things and yeah. be more just skeptical take everything with a pinch of salt yeah because you the thing is even these oh authorities on fact checking because like even even those guys will not be 100 percent right and even the guys that like you go and buy a book and you think oh everything in this book is real because it was published by x author and um i mean no it was written by x author and published by x publisher mm -hmm. and it was actually put on the shelves that means it was real but no what if someone that had enough money got that writer to write their information and got the publisher to publish their book yeah like that's why i keep saying think for yourself and don't just believe everything blindly yeah because there's some people who have uh specific sources which you know they they say like this is the the whole like even the bible yeah they there are some people who only um look for answers in the bible and then if if, if anything uh that you say uh i don't know doesn't meet with what they read in the book and it's just one example because there yeah, are some I radical mean. christian people and i'm not i don't know i don't care about anyone you know it's like you you're free to do whatever you want but then uh they don't think that any other sources of information are valid they are only tunnel visioned to one source of information and they become i don't know what's the best word for it it's agnostic but that's not that's not it believes that's nothing is true well Essentially, they're starting to block out all the information from elsewhere. They, they take it as an absolute truth, yes. Yeah, they take something like that. So, And yeah, that's actually another good point because I personally believe the Bible to be a very good book because, not because of, uh, oh, everything is literal truth, but more because it's a metaphorical truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it tells you how to behave. Because I don't think that the, like, you can look at the Bible stories as stories that explain humanity and stories that explain human, the human minds more specifically. Um, like, for example, the example, the example with freedom that I brought at the beginning of the show, uh, that's a very good thing as well. Uh, another one would be the story of Cain and Abel and how one brother killed another because he was jealous of him. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now, this, exp this explains the uh, point of jealousy and uh, uh, the point of unjust ruling because God gave him, well, he couldn't sacrifice anything good enough to God because God didn't give him the right role, right? Mm -hmm. he, they, um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but whatever. It's, it's it, like it gives you a lot of these kind of stories that let you know how the human mind works not necessarily yeah, these things are very stuff. i mean they're so very people, valid yes they're very valid yeah so people would take it and bend them oh and, that's right and bend them around and take them as different truths mm -hmm. it, it, like point of view is also important they will take their own interpretation of truth out of a piece of text or media you know yeah i believe we already had an episode on how uh, different texts from different uh times in history have to be interpreted differently for example uh even i'll have to look into it again but you know the amendments in the constitution of the united states mm -hmm. is a bit uh isn't it a bit outdated as much as, so. as you would say the uh 
the country itself uh, wasn't uh, formed too uh, long ago. Uh, but there must be updated. Last 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 amendment was 1992. Yeah. Well, they're being changed here and there, but I wouldn't say that it's outdated. But, but it's been operating like that. For example, even the elections. This, yeah, what about them? It, it's been operating ever since what's it, 17... 88 that's when it was ratified executive in my opinion it's not broke and then if it's not broken don't fix it well but the thing is times change there weren't computers back then they weren't uh... what do computers have to do with this well times change you have to introduce new measures of uh i don't even know did do you get the the, the general idea of what i'm trying a computer to say is just really? a tool man just because a tool was invented doesn't mean you should just go back, go back and revise. Uh, the thing is, like the whole point of something like constitution amendments, um, constitutional amendments, is that they're set in stone. Because if you can change them easily, then what's there to stop from uh, a radicalist getting elected through charisma or whatever other tools, and then going and changing them to his own uh, motive? The whole point of these is, like, yeah, sure, they might not be fl uh, flawless. I'm, in fact, I'm 100% sure they're not flawless. Uh, but the whole point of these is that they're set in stone, so you cannot change them. Because if it, if if they're easy to change, then they're e they're gonna be easily changed for the worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. It's just that uh, probably I got lost in my point where uh, I think I might have watched the episode where you talked about that. Yeah, there was there was a, a, a specific thing which I can't. Was it about recall. gun control by chance? Because that's usually what people talk about. Uh, I think it was about women's rights and uh, slavery and things where people take these texts out of context, uh, context and start quoting them by oh, saying right. that. Okay. And these texts are so old. W women can vote now. Slavery is abolished. It, it, first of all, it was a horrible thing. But Yeah, because some people are even saying like, oh, it's my right to own um, an N-word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and bad. Yeah, that's that's a as much like, as you can it. read the the I don't know probably the thing is I haven't read the original constitution you know but I'm sure that and the computer as an invention was just one of my uh, other examples that things are coming slowly the systems are changing and these documents shouldn't be taken out of context and you have to look at the era at which it was written. Yeah, but then people also start making the arguments of um, freedom of speech uh, and uh, gun control, because th those two things are in the amendments. There's the first amendment that talks about uh, guns, I believe, and uh, then the second amendment that talks about freedom, or the other way around. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually the other way around. The first amendment that talks about freedom of speech and the second one about gun control, um, or something along those lines. I don't remember anymore. Um, but yeah, like they're there for a reason. You can't just change them because if you can't just change them, then that means the whole point of having constitution is no more. And yeah, you should practice a bit of caution, a bit of, well, actual thinking. So like you can't just let someone get away with slavery by saying it's my right to own a black person. Yeah. You know, um, because that's actually flawed thinking. Yes. But yeah. Man, gotta free free your mind from... From all of these biases and... Uh, well, no, you can't. You just formulate your own biases that are a bit better with the current narrative. Yes. Because the human mind is not a computer. You have to try. It's not, it's not a CPU. You have to try, though. Trying is... Yeah, but I don't believe you shouldn't have your own bias because having not having a bias is basically saying that you shouldn't have an opinion, mm -hmm. which is, That's again, right. flawed thinking. What you should do is you should be aware of your bias. Yeah, here then, we go. That's yeah. the best thing. Be aware of your own bias when... Uh, 
looking at something else. Yeah, and then you'll start slowly noticing other people's biases. So yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think that's how we should end this episode today. Yeah, um, I agree. Learn last words: <laughs> learn to think. Yep. Be aware of your own bias when looking at other biases and other yeah. things. That's a. I think that's a good last last sentence for it. All right. Then, yeah, this then. is definitely a long one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, no worries, man. Thanks for and. Uh, I'll uh, sure want to have you some next time on yeah, here. Yeah, sure. Give me a shout. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, see y'all later.